Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 116. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. I would start with small portions, so serving them alongside other familiar foods for your kids. Well, hello, hello, veggie lovers. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio for this special bonus episode in the pediatric series of August 2020. So excited to bring you this episode because we get down to some really practical and actionable tips to help your children accept and eat more vegetables and beans. And it is with Julie Revelant, who is actually a health journalist. So a little bit different, but she's also a mom and she's had to learn herself how she can introduce these foods to her children. Are you looking for some amazing free resources? Well, you're in luck because I have a whole page of them. You just go to dryami.com, spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com forward slash free, F-R-E-E. You're going to find lots of fun goodies, PDF downloads, how to replace meat, how to replace dairy, eating out, shopping list plant-based starter kit, all kinds of awesome stuff, all free. You can get them one, you can get them all. So dryami.com forward slash free. If you are enjoying this series, if you have been a longtime listener of Veggie Doctor Radio, if you want to support the show, help make it even better, more amazing for all of your learning and entertainment needs, consider becoming a patron. So if you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the Dr. Yami, all spelled out all together, you can support the show by donating. So there's three levels, $5, $15, $20. And now through the end of the month, if you join the $20 level, you will receive an autographed copy of my book, A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. In addition, you are going to get free exclusive content found nowhere else and Q&A sessions, fan requests, and lots of great stuff. Please consider being part of this community. 
support my podcast, support my YouTube channel so that I can make even more amazing content for you to support the healthy well-being that you desire. In addition, if you like to shop and you want to shop at my affiliate store, go to dryami.com forward slash shop. All of my favorite things, things that I use in my own day-to-day life. I've used them for years, but now if you purchase through my affiliate link, I get a small percentage back and it helps support the show and also my YouTube channel. So thank you so much for that. And don't forget that if you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review, it helps more people find it. And so it's an even better, bigger party all together. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a loyal listener and for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you. Final reminder is that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment by a physician. If you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please contact your health professional. Okay, so let's talk about Julie. Julie Revelant is a health journalist, content marketing writer, copywriter, and founder of julierevelant.com, where she teaches parents how to raise healthy kids who crave healthy foods. She has written hundreds of stories for print and digital outlets, including first for Women's Magazine, Women's World Magazine, Esperanza Magazine, EverydayHealth.com, Reader's Digest, WhatToExpect.com, TheBump.com, and Babbel.com. For nearly six years, Julie wrote Healthy Mama, a column for foxnews.com where she covered pregnancy, postpartum, maternal, and children's health and nutrition. She lives in Bethel, Connecticut with her husband and two daughters. And that's Julie, J-U-L-I-E, and then Revelant is spelled R-E-V-E-L-A-N-T.com. Of course, this will all be available on the show notes as well so that you can look her up and you can follow her. So we have a very fun conversation about how to make feeding your children fun and easy and how to start introducing beans into the diet. So hopefully those of you that might be a little bit scared of beans, not sure how to start using them, this will give you a few tips. I hope that you are just loving this pediatric series and that you really enjoy this episode. All right, so now on to the show. Julie Revelant, thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, this is going to be really fun. And of course, you know, I got super duper excited whenever you said that you wanted to talk about beans because, you know, I'm a bean pusher. But before we get to talking all about beans, I want to know more about your background. So tell me about your nutrition journey. I mean, you do so much. You're a health journalist. You do all this stuff. But where did it all start? Sure. So, um, yeah, I I actually kind of fell into uh, journalism. I went to school for television and I was a producer, a writer and a producer. Um, But I'd say that uh, through the years, I struggled really to uh, learn how to eat healthy because I grew up in the 80s and grew up on a lot of processed foods and like every family, like most families back then, uh, and just really struggled with my weight and how to eat healthy. Um, And then, you know, through the years, kind of just 
learned on my own, read a lot and, and learned on my own. I was a spinning instructor and became inspired uh, to eat healthier and, and get fit. And uh, But it, I think it all really changed when I had children, as it does for most people. And so when I had my daughter, my first daughter, I have two daughters, uh, I received a a, a cookbook with um, baby and toddler uh, recipes. And I was so inspired by that and realized, wow, this is really uh, one of my biggest roles as a mom, as a parent, is to feed my kids healthy and turn this tide for them, you know, not have them be raised on processed foods. And so when I started making homemade baby food, she really, she accepted everything. And I realized this is possible. Kids don't have to be picky eaters. Um, and so I'd say my kids now have really inspired me to, to learn even more about nutrition. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, I was suspecting that's the case because similar to me, it sounds like we're in the same generation. So I was also raised in the 80s. It's like microwave burritos. <laughs> I know I knew how to make chicken nuggets because I could put the frozen chicken nuggets on the pan, you know, and I yeah. put them in the oven. I knew how to make that. And then, of course, my <laughs> other favorite was cereal with milk. Like that was like always accessible to kids, you know, like you can have your yeah. bowl of cereal. So right. I grew up very similar. Well, you've done a lot of work as a health journalist, but what do you think is the most surprising thing that you have discovered? Um, I would say that uh, not everything you read is accurate. <laughs> so there's a ton of information out there. Um, and, you know, really, you know, everyone's an individual. So it's really important to seek out those experts in your life and, you know, talk to a naturopath, talk to uh, some sort of health expert, nutritionist uh, to really figure out what's right for you and what's right for your family. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's such great information because there's so much information available on the internet and almost too much, right? Like mm -hmm. you have one question and if you don't ask the question the right way, you're going to get probably information that could be harmful, you know, or, mm -hmm. or isn't really going to lead you down the path that you want. So I think that that's really important that Yes, it's a great time. It's a great age where we have access to so much. But at the same time, we do need somebody with expertise to at least help guide us to make sure that we're staying on the safe path. So that is a really great point. Well, you mentioned that it was your oldest daughter that really inspired you. But mm -hmm. at the time, right before you had your daughter, you said you had already mm -hmm. kind of been on this journey. You were getting, you know, having some more incorporating more health promoting habits into your life. Mm -hmm. But how do you feel like it changed your perspective on your own nutrition once you had kids? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that focusing on a, a real whole foods diet is really important. And that definitely comes into play when you have children. Um, so you know, particularly for me, I sh I've struggled a lot with uh, adrenal fatigue and uh, anemia. And so um, definitely, you know, with my kids, I've, I've had to alter my diet and, and think about, you know, what are the foods that can give me more energy, what can help with the iron. Um, and, and also I struggle with some mental health issues, some anxiety. Um, so what can I eat to promote neurotransmitters and, and quell anxiety, especially when you have kids, you know, and, and during this pandemic, anxiety levels are high. Um, so I, so I've definitely altered the foods that I eat and, and also added supplements in to help with that as well. 
Awesome. So it sounds like they really inspired you to mm-hmm. continue to work on yourself so that you can feel better. Mm-hmm. Well, in your experience, what do you think parents with, struggle with the most when they try to feed their children? Mm-hmm. Picky eating, right? <laughs> um, so I think one of the misnomers about feeding children is that all kids are picky eaters or the, the minute you try to introduce something and they reject it, they're a picky eater. And, and unfortunately, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You say, oh, my kid's a picky eater. They won't eat this. They won't eat that. And then they start to almost believe it and you believe it. And, and you alter everything that you do, how you feed your kids, the food you feed your kids. And then we end up, a lot of parents end up feeding kids the foods that they love, the processed foods, because it's just easier. Um, but you know, my message is that it, it yes, it takes work, it, but it takes consistency, but it takes a commitment to really uh, feed your kids healthy because of the why. So for me, um, the why is we're facing an, an, a nationwide epidemic of childhood obesity type two diabetes, um, fatty liver disease, and these are not going away. And, and what COVID has taught us is that it's really important for us to be raising kids who know how to eat healthy and have those healthy eating habits. Because in my opinion, if we don't change that now, we're going to have another generation of kids who are going to, you know, live shorter lives and deal with all these chronic health conditions. And we could totally change it if we just taught our kids how to eat healthy and expose them to healthy food on a regular basis. There's no perfection, um, but consistency is really important. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're speaking my language. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and it's true. And the research that I did for my book, I discovered that the majority of parents, majority label their children as picky eaters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like, is that really true? And mm-hmm. you're right. The more we give that label, the more it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But what do you think stresses the parents out the most about the whole process? Like, where is it that parents are getting stressed out and then end up giving their kids just the chicken nuggets and mac and cheese every night? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think time is a big factor. It, it does take time, right? It's much easier to open up a bag of goldfish than it is to prepare a healthy real food snack. Um, but but it, I don't think it takes as much time as uh, parents think. I know you said in your book, it, you probably spend about two hours a week with meal prep. And there are so many easy strategies to really make it work. I mean, you can do meal planning, you can do batch cooking. I do a lot of batch cooking. And it's it's really not that it doesn't take that much time to do. Um, and, and also when you have those foods on hand, so if you cut up a bunch of fruits or vegetables and you keep them in the refrigerator, your kids are much more likely to select those foods when they're in front and present. Um, so yes, it takes a little bit more time, but it's so well worth it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that our brain convinces us that it's going to be like this hard thing and it's going to take so long. But really when you sit down and do it, and especially as you get into the routine of doing it, it doesn't take as long as you think. And then you save time on the back end. So instead of every single night having to do all this stuff, if you do some batch cooking, if you do some prepping, you're actually saving time later on in the week. So probably in the end, it's not that much more time. and 
you anchor it in. You say like, okay, when I do this, we all feel better. Our digestion is better. We sleep better. We feel better, you know? So is it worth it to have a little bit extra time dedicated to it? That's a really great point. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the most common mistakes that parents make when they feed their children? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I would say one of my biggest pet peeves, and I see it all the time, is the sneaky tactics. Um, mm. So uh, pureeing vegetables, putting, you know, sneaking them into meals, sauces, dips, putting them in um, baked goods, uh, creating art projects out of food. I mean, those are all well and good and fun. And and, and they can definitely, you know, give your kid a boost of nutrition, but that shouldn't be our go-to. So, you know, uh, our, our, main, our primary goal is to raise kids who know what healthy food looks like, tastes like, smells like, what the texture is like. And we want them to not only accept those foods, but love to eat those foods. Um, so yeah, I think that's one of the, the biggest issues. Um, and you know, you see, you see so much content about it too. Um, but I, my message is that you don't have to be sneaky, just be consistent, create that positive food environment where you're sharing family meals and you're consistently offering fruits and vegetables at meals and snacks and breakfast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. and it can really, you know, you're raising kids who you want these habits to go throughout their lives. Yes. So you are offering these foods at every eating opportunity on a consistent, regular basis. And therefore, you don't have to sneak it and you don't have to hide it. You know, it Mm -hmm. becomes part of just what they're used to and what they like. But I think Mm -hmm. also just going a step further is because I think that parents expect that their kid's either going to be like a good eater or a picky eater, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's no in between. And I think that when it comes to eating, we have a big range Mm -hmm. and everything that we like, we learn to like. So probably most kids when they first taste, you know, kale or broccoli or whatever, aren't like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've tasted in my entire life. You know, it takes lots and lots of exposures until like, you know what? I really like that broccoli stuff. And so sometimes parents give up way too soon. So they announce like, I'll have like a parent at six months old, the child is six months old be like, oh yeah, he doesn't like broccoli. It's like, that's it. You're done forever. (laughs) You know? So I think just encouraging parents that, you know what, it takes persistence, consistency, Mm -hmm. persistence. You've got to keep exposing them to their, those foods, because that's the only way that they're going to learn to like that. All right. Well, give us some tips about feeding our children so that we can make it fun and easy. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Because right now, parents are stressed out. They feel like feeding their kids is really hard and it's like a battle and everybody's crying at the end of the meal. So how can we make it fun and easy? Okay. Well, so one of my best tips is to offer choices and because kids want choices with everything, right? They want to know what they can wear and what game they can play with and what show they want. 
Um, so let's empower them and let them make their own food choices and help them develop those food preferences. So, you know, one of the things I often write about is when you're serving vegetables at dinner, serve two types of vegetables, serve a green vegetable, serve an orange vegetable, serve a yellow vegetable, or serve a salad and serve a cooked vegetable. Another great way to get kids excited about healthy eating is to let them participate. So my kids, we have this, uh, this big uh, wood, solid wood bowl with, um, I guess it's called a mezzaluna. It's like a, a knife that cuts the salad in the bowl. And they love making their own salad. So you can put that out, let them choose the ingredients within those that you deem appropriate and have them make their own salads. And then they're so much more likely to want to eat what they prepared. Mm -hmm. um, another tip is to serve small portions. Uh, this is so, so many times we overwhelm our kids expecting them to eat an entire plate of broccoli when that would overwhelm anyone who doesn't like broccoli. <laughs> so um, start with literally a, a, a broccoli florette or one bean and put it alongside other foods that they already accept and other foods that they already love to eat. Um, and again, it, you know, studies show it takes between eight and 15 times for kids to even try a new food. Uh, so be consistent with that. Um, another tip that um, a lot of my readers actually liked uh, recently was um, appetizers. Uh, so it's not a snack, it's an appetizer. Um, I kind of found this uh, out accidentally a few years ago. I was writing a story for a client and um, we were talking about serving an appetizer. And so I did so with my kids and it sort of became this habit where they expected there would be an appetizer before dinner. But it's great because they're, you know, they're vying for something to eat. So take advantage of that hunger and offer something healthy. So offer, you know, crudite with a dip or offer a few beans and they're more likely to eat it. And you're not ruining their dinner. Um, Another thing that I like to do with my kids is, is um, they like to pick out recipes and we like to get in the kitchen and, you know, studies show that uh, getting kids in the kitchen can uh, really encourage those healthy eating habits. Um, so you could, you know, sign up for a cooking class or, or just, you know, pop on a cooking show. Studies show that that helps kids uh, when they watch healthy cooking shows. So you can um, cook with your kids and, and they're so much more likely to at least try what you've made together. And then finally, you know, family meals, so important, especially right now, we're all gathered around the table again. And, and the good news is it doesn't have to be dinner, right? So it could be lunch when you're, when you're in between calls or, um, you know, research is showing that a lot of families are making a, a big deal about breakfast now. Um, so, so use those opportunities to gather around the table because studies, again, show that when you model those healthy eating habits, when you eat vegetables, your kids will eat vegetables. Oh, I love all of that. So um, I love that idea of the chopped salad because that has two benefits. You're talking about your kids doing the little chopped salad with that little knife thing. We have mm -hmm. one of those too. But I think that also helps for children because it makes the pieces smaller and mm -hmm. a little bit easier for them to eat it. Because I know that, especially my little one, if I don't cut his salad, He's like, eh, it's too big. I can't do it. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you do have a mouth. But anyway, it makes it a little bit easier and, it, and it's really fun. So that's a great idea. And the appetizers, that sounds so fancy. I know we've taken our kids just a couple of times to like fancier restaurants. 
And you know how they bring that little amuse-bouche at the beginning and they think that that's the coolest thing. Like, it's just like, wow, so fancy. So if you like have like a little bean puree amuse-bouche, you know, yeah, you're like, right? ooh, that's really cool. I'm going to try that and see how it works in my house. And yeah, definitely getting them in the kitchen, learning to cook, getting those family meals. And I even say that, you know, there's some families, schedules are crazy and everybody's all over the place. It doesn't even have to be every day. Even if you can a few times per week, sit down as a family with your kids, it has so many benefits for those teenagers, the mental health benefits, because that might be the only time where everybody just kind of relaxes, lets down their guard and things come out that you may not have even thought that they were going to say and they wanted to talk about. So it has really a lot of benefits. So I try to encourage families to even a few times per week, sit down as a family and share a meal. Wonderful, wonderful tips. All right. So let's get into the beans. <laughs> so tell me about your history with beans. Did you always know how to cook beans? Did you always eat beans or how did you discover beans? And yeah. did you once you discovered them, were you pretty deliberate about, you know, introducing them and integrating them or did it just happen organically? Tell me how that worked. Uh -huh. So like I said, I, I grew up eating tons of processed food. Beans were not really a part of our diet, although I come from an Italian American family. So there were plenty of dishes with beans. Um, not sure if they were the healthiest, <laughs> uh, but still we did eat them. And so um, I'd say that my sister-in-law actually inspired me um, to incorporate beans into our family meals. Uh, years ago, when my first daughter was born, she had made a lentil stew. And, and so I thought, wow, that looks amazing. Um, and so got the recipe from her and started getting in the habit of making a, a large vat of lentil stew every week. And so uh, you know, my daughters are nine and seven, and they take it several times a week when they were in school um, for lunch, much to the chagrin of their peers, uh, but they love it. Uh, so that's sort of how we incorporated it. And then um, I'd say, you know, just slowly but surely just introducing other types of beans because there's so many benefits to them. Um, so, you know, we I make a lot of bean burgers. It's really easy um, to do. And you, I just keep them in the freezer, which is great. Um, you always have a meal on hand. Um, and there's so many different ways to make beans. You can you can do bean dips and chilies and soups and stews. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I try to incorporate them as much as possible. Today, my daughters took took it uh, for lunch with them, beans and rice, black beans and rice. Yum. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I have to specifically talk to my families about in the office, because in the standard American diet, beans are not super common. And so people aren't really familiar. They feel you know, they feel almost a little bit scared to work with beans. Like, okay, like how, what do I do with them? How do I eat them? And amazingly, there's over 400 varieties of edible beans. So there's so wow. many, but we have a very limited number that we actually eat in the United States. Um, uh -huh. So that's one of the things is just like our familiarity is very low. So, you know, you said bean burgers, which are amazing dips, mm -hmm. chili soups and stews. How, mm -hmm. when you know, you're taking a family that really hasn't, maybe the only encounter with beans is like refried beans. I would say that that's the Ooh. most common Mexican okay. restaurants, refried beans. So yeah. how would you 
uh, advise them to start integrating it into the diet and working with beans? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I would, I would start with small portions. So serving them alongside other familiar foods for your kids, but there are so many different ways and you just go online and look for recipes or find cookbooks, um, especially with uh, Mexican dishes or so many different recipes, bean burritos, burrito bowls, uh, taco salad cups, quesadillas on the Italian side, you have pasta visual, uh, minestrone soup, escarole with beans. You can make um, bean dips are great, and then you can also serve them with raw vegetables and get your kids inspired to eat them that way. And then beans for breakfast. Like, who says you can't eat beans for breakfast? So you could do beans and salsa with scrambled eggs. You can make a bean fajita um, or even a breakfast casserole with beans. So there's just so many different ways that you can incorporate them into your family's meals. Yum, that sounds so good. And the British, they have baked beans for breakfast. That's like a common yeah. <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. And then whenever you first started, did you mostly use canned beans or did you mm-hmm. learn how to make your own beans? I would definitely recommend starting with the canned beans. That's what I did. It's so much easier. Um, you know, I don't know what, how you feel about this, but oftentimes I will rinse them off um, in a, in a colander. Um, it's so much easier, but I do like doing dried beans because they're cheaper. They're even cheaper than canned beans and you get so much more. So when I, when I, um, I'll soak chickpeas and they, they're so much larger than the ones in the can, so much more robust and you get so much more. So I like, I like doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I've become a bean snob. I always have, (laughs) Canned beans as a backup, just uh-huh. like emergency, emergency, because, you know, we have to have beans around here. But I feel like whenever I soak and cook my own beans and I use an instant pot, I'm not sure if you use a pressure cooker, those beans come out. Oh, my God. They're like melt in your mouth butter, especially chickpeas, because those are my very favorites. So uh-huh. once you get used to that, I think sometimes it's hard to go back, but it's just so much easier than I ever thought it was. So mm-hmm. do you have any tips about learning how to cook your own beans from scratch do you, using dried beans? Yeah, I don't have an Instant Pot, but I, I'll just soak them in the morning and then by the evening they're ready to cook and you just use a lot of water and that's about it. I, I mean, I like, you know, incorporating onions, my kids not so much, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's easier than people think, you know, yeah. um, and I think one of the big mistakes that people can make when they're cooking beans is to salt them beforehand. Sometimes it keeps them hard, not always, but sometimes. So don't salt them, but you can put other spices. You can put onions, garlic, those kinds of things. And if worse comes to worse, just like you're saying, cook it like pasta. It's just going to take longer, right? So Mm -hmm. if you soak them, it takes less time. But if you're going to soak, if you're going to cook them on the stovetop, I would say plan for at least 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how many beans you have and how big the beans are. Mm -hmm. Lentil, Mm -hmm. split peas, all of your small beans. They cook much faster and you don't have to soak them. So for people that want like a starter bean, then maybe go for the lentils and split peas. You just make sure that you pick through them and wash them well and then cook them usually 15, 20 minutes on your stovetop. But mm-hmm. Julie, you need to get an Instant Pot. I know. I know. I have, have so you... many appliances. I know. Like <laughs> no, it's it, it's going to change your life. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like when people, you know, I've been asked on other podcasts before, like what one appliance would I take with me if I was stranded on an island? That's <laughs> going to be it. So it's, it's just changed my life. Okay. 
What do you wish more moms knew? So when I started my blog, I started it because I wanted to inspire parents to raise healthy eating kids who not only accept healthy food, but crave it. I want parents to know that we have to change this for our nation. If we want to change our healthcare system, if we want our kids to live long, healthy lives without being on medications, without dealing with all the chronic health conditions and the autoimmune conditions, not that it's a perfect treatment, but it's prevention. And it's so, so important that we teach our kids those lessons now because it's going, it's going to be either impossible or or so difficult to learn as an adult and get out of those habits. Um, so, and at the same token, it doesn't have to be hard. If you're consistent, mm -hmm. it does, it's not going to happen overnight, but small, subtle changes, it can work and you can raise kids who love to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. And you're right. The earlier, the better. Even preconception, pregnancy, trying mm -hmm. to get all those whole plant foods in there, leafy greens, your beans. But on the same token, it's never too late. I have some moms who feel like they started off on, you know, not the best food and their kids eating a lot of processed food. So it's never too late, but the earlier you can start, the better. And you can do it, moms. You can do it. I promise you. I mean, we can all make changes to our habits, little baby steps, little by little. And you'll look back and you're like, wow, I've come a long way. So I love that. Well, Julie, I'd love to know what habit you're most proud of, how you developed it and how you maintain it. With my children? With anything, anything about your whole life. What, what personal habit okay. are you most proud of? I would say that it's uh, focusing on mo mostly whole food, a whole foods diet every day, and also making exercise a priority most days of the week. Mm -hmm. And how did you learn how to do the exercise thing? So years ago, I became a spinning, a spinning instructor. And so I was inspired by another spinning instru instructor. And so that sort of started my journey. Um, but uh, like I said, exercise is so integral to how I feel overall. So mentally, physically, it's, it's like a drug for me. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's vital every day, pretty much every day for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, recently I've been taking in the past few years, I've been taking Les Mills body combat and body pump classes. And I'm sort of like obsessed with it. Um, because it's just such a great total body workout. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that I, I feel like I have to do every day and I inspire my kids to do it now, even during COVID. I mean, they, uh, have, they always knew that I go to the gym most days of the week, but now that they're home with me, I do the virtual classes. And so they'll, they'll look and sometimes they'll do it with me. And so it's, it's great to model those habits for them. Yeah. Role modeling is so important, but what I hear you saying is that it's become a habit because it just feels so good to you. You're not mm -hmm. doing it for external reasons. You're doing it for, you know, that intrinsic motivation of when I do this, I feel great, which is the best way to develop any habit because it'll perpetuate it. You know, it'll keep going. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Les Mills is really great. I don't know if you've ever tried any of the Peloton spin classes though. No, I I'm haven't. They I'm, look a Peloton, awesome. I'm a Peloton yeah. girl. So <laughs> try it. You'll be, you'll be hooked. <laughs> well, Julie, this has been so great. So if you could please tell us where listeners can connect with you and what products and services you offer. 
Sure. So they can find me on julierevelant.com and on all the social media channels. I'm running a, a five-day video email course right now where I teach my best secrets to get your kids to eat their vegetables and try new food so they can sign up for that. Perfect. I think that sounds amazing. Parents will be all over that. All right. So the last task for you is to leave my listeners with one call to action. What one thing can they do to improve their child's nutrition starting today? Swap one processed food out for a real food. Love it. Simple, easy. You can do it. Julie, thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio today. Lots of awesome, practical, actionable tips that parents can start right away. And I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you, you too. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.